Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code. My name is Paul Abernathy, as always. Welcome to the podcast. So on today's episode, we're going to talk 2020 National Electrical Code. People have been getting their books. They're shipping. It's public. It's out there. You can buy them today. Uh, there's a free version on the NFPA's website. If you go into NFPA and you, you hunt for it, we have a video on how to find it. If you're a member, uh, it doesn't mean you have to be a paid member. You can get a free account and still get access to the online public free access version. Uh, but I encourage you to get your code book and you'll start to get it. And it's uh, a lot of changes for the 2020. Uh, some of them pretty darn significant. But the layout of the code uh, is pretty much the same. Uh, they highlight the changes, got little triangles now that let you know if there's a text deletion or some kind of figure or table revision. Uh, pretty pretty neat. Um, takes a second to get used to it because I found some triangles were near stuff that I really couldn't tell something was done to. I have to have my 17 right beside my 2020 in order to be able to analyze it. And of course, it's, that's my job. That's what I do. I analyze things and try to look at it. And I've still got a few things that I'm scratching my head about that uh, you believe it. You think somebody knows everything about the code. None of us know everything about the code. There are little deep parts of this code that I have never touched before. And so I'm, I'm always hunting for that because that's the stuff that I find intriguing is I literally search for things that, and there's a lot in here that I don't know. And I go looking for it because I want to, I want to learn more, but it's harder. And I'm just like you, it, if I've never put my hands on it, it's, it's tough to, to wrap your head around some things. So luckily I've had the, the, the luxury of being in this industry a long time. So I've seen a lot of stuff. That's why I teach. Um, and so uh, I love finding new stuff. Okay. So anyway, I serve on two panels. I serve on five and 17. So during the process, I don't really get to see what's getting done at the other panels. And we try to keep up with it. And of course, I'm in the process of writing. We're finishing up three books for a publisher. Um, and we're trying to add the changes in there. But, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for the changes. And uh, of course, you know, it's now that the book is dropped, it's a little easier for us to kind of see the changes, but you got to be careful because sometimes they it's not their fault. They, they miss some stuff. They don't highlight everything or something's missed and you have to make sure that you're checking the 17 code and look to the 20 and that's why we do these podcasts to try to bring some of those things out for you. All right, so today we're going to talk Article 225, which is outside branch circuits and feeders and this, this whole article has to do with anything between outside branch or feeder uh, circuits that are run on or between buildings or to or to poles on the premises or to equipment that it is outside or that you're running this, this the branch circuits or feeders to that equipment outside uh, or electrical equipment and wiring for the supply of utilization utilization equipment that is located on or attached to the outside of the building so a structure or pole so it's not within the building it's it's everything to do with outside of the building or running on the building so even if I run to poles you know, on the premise, then 
you're going to have to meet the rules of 225. Now that's to remind us in table 225.3 as well as section 3 of 225 that there are other articles that might apply. So branch circuits, for example, still have to meet the rules in 210. Feeders still have to meet the rules in 215. You still got all those rules you got to worry about, but you have some additional rules that you have to worry about here. All the conductors, all the conductors are still covered under 310, still have to meet the rules under 310. So that's what section three is telling us is go make sure you know that there's other articles that might come into play. Okay. So as we look at this, um, one of the changes that stick out to me is just because I'm in the wire and cable business is that in 225.4, when it talks about conductor covering, uh, it, it you know it really should probably be conductor insulation, but I, I guess it can go as covering. If you get down, you'll see where it talks about the insulation of a conductor for festoon lighting uh, shall be of the thermoset or thermoplastic type. Well, only change that to bring up about that is that in the 2017 code, that's not exactly what it said. And when you got to that one, it, it actually said for that lighting, it actually said the insulation and conductors on festoon lighting shall be of the rubber covered or thermoplastic type. Okay, so significant difference there. Uh, obviously, thermoset is the same type and it falls under that classification as like a rubber type. Uh, but it certainly isn't a rubber like me and you think of rubber. Uh, but it is a thermosetting material. Uh, so... Um, anyway, that's uh, what you're going to see. Thermal sets, what you're going to see in XHHW-2, USE-2, RHH, RHW-2, which the RHH and RHW get more in the thicknesses that are going to be more in that, quote, rubber category, although they're not rubber, if you will. But, but you get my point. So the, all of them fall under the same UL standard, UL44. Uh, but just adding that thermal set down here makes that you know makes it very clear. We're not looking for a rubber, uh, any type of rubber covering. We're looking for thermal set or thermoplastic insulation for those festoon lighting applications. Okay. All right. The first change that I really notice is in table 225.3. Now it's got a little triangle there, so that's to let you know that something's been deleted uh, or, or some type of change uh, to this table. Now you'll notice that they didn't highlight the article that's been added or the change, uh, but you know. So that's some of the things you got to be aware of. But in the table, because they generally do that into the text, not into the tables. They give you this triangle to let you know something uh, or some type of table was revised in some way. So in this table, what has been revised is that they've added 311, which is dealing with medium voltage conductors and cable. Now that used to be in 310. It's got totally pulled out for the 2020. Great move, code making panel six there. Move it totally out. Stop confusing people when you got to 310.60 for duct banks and whatnot. Move that over into 311 and leave 310 for most all applications. This is going to save engineers' heads from totally spinning off because they want to put raceways underground and they want to apply all these duct bank rules. Even though it might be constructed very similar, you still have the normal principles of adjustment and correction that apply and number of current carrying conductors and all that applies, but really caused a lot of confusion. So leave all that stuff up in 311. Keep 310 as it's intended. Much better reorganization of 310. You're going to find that out as we move forward in that code change series. You really understand that it was a good move. Now, other change in this table 
800, Article 800 used to be communication circuits. Well, now that's 805. So that's changed. So it went from 800 to 805. And as you kind of kind of go down, you kind of see that all the other things that are there, uh, that were always there as they were before, that might in some way also affect the same type of products that are going to be used under Article 225. That's all it's saying, is be aware of that. Okay? All right. The next significant change that we're looking at is in 225.10. And these are the wiring methods, okay, or the wiring that can be on the surface of a building or the structure, okay? So this is permitted to be uh, on the surface of the building, okay? So it gives you a list. Now, the only thing you'll notice here is that multiconductor cable was removed uh, from the list, okay? And what you see is other cable types were, were added to the list, which would still qualify as a multiconductor cable. For example, TCER was added to the list, SE cable, which is routinely installed on the side of a building and would have qualified under multiconductor cable. Um, but now the actual cable assembly type is actually now listed in the table. So that's what you've got here. So you've got a, a full extensive list. Of course, you have the allowance for open conductors, multi-conductor uh, multi cables for things like the festoon or from, from a pole, from a pole light to pole light or whatever. You still have those requirements, those allowances in here. Uh, all that good as well nothing significantly changed with that so but but 225.10 did clarify and add you two different uh, two additional multi-conductor cable assemblies uh, SC cable which we've installed on the side of the building outside forever and of course TCER which is also uh, pretty much the same as an SE cable I mean it looks and walks and talks and the same inners are used everything's the same incidentally MC cable same enters that are an MC cable will be the same enters we would put in a TCER. It's no different at all. Okay, so it makes sense that you would add TCER to this list, right? Okay. The next one is 225.15. Now, in the 2017 code, it said supports over buildings, and it still says that in 2020. Uh, but it said supports over a building shall be in accordance with 230.29. That's what it said in the 17 code, and really what it says in the two 20 code or 2020 code is it says outside branch circuits and feeders because obviously that's the section that we're in conductors passing over a building shall be securely supported so it has to be supported but they also have to be securely supported okay so again that was just adding that language directly to the code rather than making a reference back to 230.26 because I'll be honest with you, 230.26 was dealing with the point of attachment. So it's just, you know, really didn't play a role in how this should be applied. So anyway, so that's clarified up uh, in the uh, 2020 code. Okay, overbuildings, feeders that are going outside, branch circuits and feeders, conductors that are passing overbuilding, got to be securely supported. Okay. All right, let's see what next big significant change do we have. All right, now, 225.19 isn't a, 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 really a change. It's just a reorganization. Instead, it put a charging statement up. It said overhead spans of open conductors and open multi-conductor cables, okay, like a drop, service drop, those type of cables, shall comply with, or I should say just service drop, aerial cables, if you will, uh, shall comply with 225.19 A, B, C, and D. Now, in the 2017 code, uh, kind of the same concept, 
It's just it was nothing but a A, B, C, and D. Okay, same kind of thing, but now you just have an opening that says it shall comply with 225.19 A, B, C, and D. So all of these are going to apply if, if, if they come into a situation where you need to use them. All right, so the next thing we're looking at is in part two. It says buildings or other structures supplied by a feeder or branch circuit. So we're talking about buildings or other structures that are supplied by a feeder or branch circuit. Now, we're getting into that. So what you've got here is you've got an A, you got a B, you got a C, you got a D, very much like we have in services, right? Which is limiting the number of conductors or the number of supplies that can come to a building. And then it talks about, well, they will give you some other allowances to bring more than one. Well, as you would in services, same here, uh, except for this is where we get the one for branch circuits or feeders that are supplying a building. And then, of course, you'll have other things. So in this case... We didn't have any change into the core of the 220.30, which is the number of services. Again, it says a building or other structure that is served by a branch circuit or feeder on the load side of a service disconnect. That's obviously why it's a feeder or branch circuit, right? Shall be supplied by only one feeder or branch circuit unless permitted in 225.30A through E. Okay. Now, as you go down this list here, uh, you're going to see that in these special conditions means what other condition allows me to have more than one feeder uh, or branch circuit to the to the building or the structure? Well, I mean, fire pumps, emergency systems, legally required standbys, optional standbys. Uh, and that's another thing people get confused about. A generator to a building is not a service. That's a feeder. So that would be a special condition that allows you have the feeder that's feeding the building. Then you have a separate feeder that's coming in from the generator, for example, uh, whether it's optional, legally or emergency. That is still a feeder. Right. Even though you're up in the rules for uh, dealing with emergency systems and things like that, it gives you a lot of things that that are going to make you treat certain things as service conductors. From a generator, for example, which is a separate source, you're going to that's a feeder. But you might have some rules that make you think you treat it as you would a service conductor. Okay, just some of the type of things to be aware of. Anyway, the list goes on down the list, uh, and it looks like what we get to is previously. We had seven. Seven was the one that was added in the 2017 code. That was electric vehicle charging systems listed, labeled, and identified. Um, but now we have a number eight, and it is docking facilities and piers. So that gets added to the uh, 2020 National Electrical Code. Okay, so the next one is B. Now, B is pretty significant. We all know that the rules here, the general rules, says only supply one, one feeder or branch circuit to a building. And in order to be able to have additional feeders of brand circuits to a building, you had the rules that allowed you under 225.30A through E, and you had these rules, and you, you had whether it was uh, some type of special occupancy, special capacity requirements, uh, different characteristics to a building, maybe I'm taking 122.8, but then I want to want to take 277.480 for some. There was there was allowances. Even even you had what's called switching procedures was an allowance. Documented switching procedures. Okay, you you had all these ways, but now we have one of the allowances under B, which is now called common supply equipment. Okay, so we've kind of maneuvered these around a little bit in order to give you this one called common supply equipment. So we went from being uh, the allowance from A through E, which was 
the way it actually said previously, A through E. Now, what we've got is the allowance that tells you go A through E, and of course we have an F that is the documented safe switching application. So, but when you look at how it's written, and I'm not so sure whether or not they meant to say here in 225.30 when they took 225.30 A through E, whether or not they wanted to say A through F because F was permit. It used to say A through E before, and E was documented switching, and that was one of the methods to do this. And now it says A through E, but actually the documented switching procedure is now F. So I'm not sure. I guess documented switching procedure is not permitted. I haven't read that far into it, okay? But it doesn't look like the words change. So maybe this is supposed to be A through F and not A through E in the 2020 code like it is in the 2017 code. Anyway, let's talk about the change. So common supply equipment. This is gonna allow you to go from one common, so the feeder conductors that are in the same panel board, switchboard, uh, or distribution equipment, as long as I go from here out to a separate building or structure, I'm allowed to take up to six different feeders to that structure. But I can have the rules that allow me in 225.33, which allows me to have up to six disconnects, six switches. That doesn't apply to each one of those feeders at the end. It still can only be one disconnect. Okay, So this is going to allow me to take it. Now, they have to be grouped as well in that one location. Still says grouping in here. So let me read you what the code says so you get a better understanding. Now think of your mind now. You have one piece of equipment in the main building and you're going to take six separate feeders for whatever reason to a separate building or structure. So here's what it says. Before you had to have one of these reasons to take additional ones. This is giving you the ability to do this. Here's what it says. Common supply equipment. It says where feeder conductors originate in the same panel board, switchboard, and or other distribution equipment, and each feeder, okay, that's leaving that equipment, terminate in a single disconnecting means. Okay, so I can't have the other application of the of the maximum of six applications that you see in 225.33. Can't have that. And it'll tell you that in a minute. It says, not more than six feeders shall be permitted. Okay, so this is going to allow me to take it as long as it originates in the same panel board or same uh, same uh, switchboard or same distribution equipment to that building, I can have up to six to go there. Okay, now it says where more than one feeder is installed in accordance with this section, all feeder disconnects supplying the building or structure shall be grouped in the same location. So we're gonna have to, you can have up to six, but you're gonna have to group them. Okay, and the requirements of 225.33 shall not apply. And in the 225.33 is the maximum number. So we can only have the one disconnect in each one of those enclosures. Now it says, each disconnect shall be marked to indicate the load served. Okay, you need to label it. You need to say what it is. Okay, and it, what it doesn't go on to say is you need to make sure that you label it for the environment. Okay. Because uh, whatever it's going to be in there, that should come without saying back in 110. But still, you need to label it for its condition of use. And that's probably something that I would add just to, to make sure that it's that it's people do that. Okay. So that's your change. And that is huge change. It means it allows me to take up to six to a building now as long as they originate in the same panel board or they originate in the same switch gear. Okay. 
Uh, I can't take two separate buildings and feed one building, okay? Because then this rule wouldn't wouldn't apply, all right? All right, so what's next here? As we're just kind of going through these, and see, 225.32 has a little triangle beside it, but I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I have looked at this thing forever, and I can't see, because that's supposed to mean deleted text deletion, and I can't I can't see what's deleted. So still has the same intent, but I have no idea what actually was deleted there. It does show a dot in the 2017, uh, and I don't know. Again, I've looked at this thing till I'm blue in the face. Feel free to email me and tell me what actually changed there, but I don't. I can't see no change anywhere. Anyway, it's not significant enough to obviously stick out, and it didn't change the intent of the rules. So we're not going to pay any attention to it. Uh, one thing I, again, noticed that Brian was right. It's a friend of mine online. You know, the watermark sometimes can be confusing because it makes it look like something's highlighted, but it really isn't. But it kind of can throw you like something got highlighted, but you just got to pay attention to it. Most noticeable, I'll tell you, in 225.40, for example, it looks like overcurrent <laughs> was new to that section, but it's not. But the way that it looks highlighted... Probably a poor choice of, of use of highlight of a, of a uh, mark underneath the page, like a, a watermark. Probably not the best. Um, I'm just looking at some significant changes. And you know what? In 225, that's really it. So we won't have to spend a whole lot of time. This will be one of my shorter ones. Uh, we did pick up the term available fault current that was added under 225.52b. Uh, I think in the previous one, it's probably, if I'm guessing, it probably said short circuit current, which needed to change. And let's see if that's what it said. Yes. So it said short circuit current available. And it's actually the available fault current as well. The short circuit current rating is the equipment and componentry. And the available fault current is what we actually would do in the calculation we get from our utility based on the impedance of the transformer or whatever in length of, you know, so made sense uh, to make that change. We really needed that term available fault current in there. All right, other than that, I don't see any significant changes to 20, uh, 225. So far, it doesn't look like it's been too awful bad for everybody. See nothing really totally off the wall for that code changes. So hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, until next time, stay safe. God bless. And don't forget to visit our website, masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com. Share it with everybody. If you're preparing for an exam, we have an exam-only program. There's people buying these exam books that have really funky questions in them that really will screw you up. I can tell you that all the ones that are in this program that we offer will not screw you up. Okay, They are proven, and many of them appear on exams. Okay, They're all based on the DeWalt series. So I'm telling you right now, they are very solid. There's over 800 of them. Um, so you get that program. It's not expensive at all. And it will keep you from being frustrated. Plus, it kind of gives you, replicates a test environment because there's three timed quizzes or three timed 100-question tests. And then you have an, a lot of other 25-question uh, tests that you can just practice your skills, your timer with a with stopwatch and on your phone and really hone your skills down on navigating, picking out the root words and things like that to help you better answer questions. Much easier than working through a book. Uh, and you can take them over and over and over again until you start getting your scores up into the upper mid-90s, then you know you're going to have no problem maneuvering through your code book because, again, it's a lot of questions on a lot of topics. So visit that. That's over on our website. 
Um, so that's masterthenec.com. So I guess that's it. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening to our podcast. This is a short one for today. Uh, share it with people, um, and hopefully you got something out of it. Till next time, stay safe. God bless. Looking bright Every day is another